welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And we are very fortunate today to have one of our dear friends joining us, Heather. And the reason we asked Heather to be on is because, you know, we talked about that mindset, the thing of uh, creating healthy habits. And one of the things she had done was the gastric sleeve. So we wanted to talk to her today about what that experience was like for her and why she even made that decision and how do you come to that decision. So welcome, Heather. Thank you so much. So what was the kind of the determining factor for you? To get the surgery? Yeah. Actually, it was a lot of health concerns. I had gotten to the point where I was pre-diabetic. My spleen was enlarged. They were looking at a fatty liver with me. I have arthritis already, and I've had one knee replaced and just was hurting and just not feeling good and wasn't able to go out and do everything that I wanted to do. And so that health concerns were really the primary reason I did have the gastric sleeve. Okay. So for you, it was a lot of the health issues, but the other piece, but let's talk a little bit. You made that decision like with the, for the health stuff, but what about the mental piece for you? Definitely a lot of the mental stuff for me was I was tired of being overweight. I was tired not being my best self, not being able to go out and go hiking. I was born with asthma. And so it was hard for me, you know, to walk half a mile with the asthma and the weight. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to get out and be in nature more and feel better. I had some depression and anxiety going on and just really wanted, like I said, to be my best self. Did you realize it was your weight that was tied into your anxiety and depression? Or did it take you a minute to kind of equate that as they kind of went hand in hand? It took me a minute. And I think once I had, I had my right knee replaced and for, with the arthritis, because it was bone on bone and I was in a center, a rehab center for about a month and really getting in there and doing the work to make the knee work and everything. I realized You know, I was by myself. My husband was out uh, with his job and was gone for a month. And I really started to realize I was not in a good place and really started equating the more I moved around and worked with some of the, the physical therapists and the occupational therapists that, you know what, this would probably be a whole lot easier on me, both emotionally and physically, if I didn't have as much weight. And, then, and I really tied it in with some emotional eating. Okay. You know, certain emotions would trigger me if I was really bored, I'd eat too much or I'd eat the wrong stuff. Especially that ties in also with anxiety. I have a tendency to kind of stuff the feelings, so to speak. And so I think that month being by myself in that rehab center really kind of opened me up to be open to a new experience and start really thinking outside the box. One of the things is, is, is I want the the audience to know that your profession is you're also uh, a mental health therapist. You know, we've worked together for a long time because (laughs) because I think sometimes people think that if you're in a certain profession or whatever that is, or if you have so much money or, or whatever those things are that we perceive as if you're in, if you're there, that you don't have any of these issues or do you know what I mean? Right. They kind of, you know, 
if you're a therapist, you're not supposed to have, you know, anxiety or depression and not have those things when, and I know within the community of therapists, it's sometimes hard for us to say, Hey, you know, sometimes we have issues too. And it's been a, a good journey for me to have the surgery and really feel kind of the weight lifted because I am able to get out and go hike and be in nature because that is where I really am finding my, um, my peaceful place where I can de-stress and just kind of be quiet. And I know they call it tree bathing or nature or forest bathing. There we go. That's really helped me so much uh, to deal with things and to lose the weight and feel better about me. Right. So it, in essence, the, the surgery helped you to create some other healthy habits to help your mental health as well. I've really gotten into meditation. Mm-hmm. And I started that several years ago, even before I was, you know, contemplating the surgery. But it's taken on a whole new dimension for me. And sometimes we'll use some yoga poses with the meditation to do the deep breathing to kind of let stuff go. So real quickly, I want to ask, so what is the process? You know, because I think there are some people who sit there and, and I've heard this, whether it's in therapy or, you know, through other people or personal relationships or whatever, that they sit there and say, oh, having the surgery, that's just the easy way out. There's a lot of people that have that misconception, I think, because I've been even like my mom, they had considered her to be a candidate. And I know Uh that that was one of the things she struggled with within herself was that she said she felt like that she was giving up on her being able to do something on her own, that people were going to view her, I guess, as kind of taking the easy way out. And not understanding. And I think a lot of people don't understand the process of making that decision to do the gastric sleeve and then that there is a huge process to that. So could you kind of walk us a little bit through that process? I sure can. I was very fortunate and had Dr. Michael Snyder up at Rose Medical, who's fabulous, and went and saw him for my first appointment. And he said, yes, I was a candidate. We looked at all my numbers and everything. And I had to get okays from my cardiologist, from my primary care doctor, from my hematologist that they thought that the surgery would be beneficial to me health-wise. And then once I was accepted for the surgery, there are six months of nutrition classes that you have to go through and commit yourself to starting to lose weight before the surgery to show that you're serious about it and that you're committed to it and exercise, you know, getting out and starting to walk, starting to go to the gym, starting, you know, to do whatever you like to do as far as a sport. And they're just, you know, the, for me, it was just starting to walk, walk around the park, get moving. And then the six months of nutrition classes, you learn what you can and can't eat with the sleeve because it is a lifestyle change. It is not easy. Even after you have the surgery, you have more nutrition classes, even post-surgery. But pre-surgery, you go every one to two times a month, depending on who you go see. And I had to drive to Denver to go get do my nutrition classes and was there for a couple of hours and, you know, reading stuff, working with the nutritionist on building healthy eating habits. 
and you know really looking at the preservatives that are in quick fast food and mm-hmm. easy to eat food that we don't think about but that can compound gaining weight you know the additives of salt and mm-hmm. fat and all that stuff that are in processed foods and it really taught me to read labels oh, yeah. to see what are the ingredients in the food that I'm actually eating. Is that something I really want to put in my body? Right. Do you want to? And that's definitely something that that's definitely creating a healthy habit within itself, you know, and it sounds like it really taught you some of those things because there's a lot of times this misconception that all the responsibility is off of you once you have that kind of a surgery. So that's really interesting. Well, and and along that line too, from the mental piece, how hard was that? Because we really do, as humans, we get into a rhythm of what we do, or those habits that we have. How hard was that for you, or not even hard maybe, but to do that shift from what you were so used to doing mm-hmm. into this other place? It is baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> even with the people I work with, I always say, hey, we're taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. and. Then when you get far enough along, you turn around and look and see how far you've come. And so baby steps was, you know, walking around the block, was eating fresh vegetables, more fresh vegetables, fish, lean meats, chicken, you know, and knowing where your food comes from, you know, going to places that you knew you were getting good meats and vegetables that were not processed. So you would, you know know what you had and, you know, what your food was. And it's all about baby steps and making one change. Also learning, I think, a different process in actually like your planning of how you were going to do that, because I know a lot of people will just grab something quick out of convenience. And that is a big issue for a lot of people. Definitely. And, you know, meal planning is, for me, one of the best things for me was learning how to plan snacks. Right. So you get one of those small little plastic bags, measure it out, and sit, you know, have a Ziploc that you can grab and go to work mm-hmm. and, you know, have your, you know, have your lunch ready, you know, just to go and try and make it up the night before. So you're not rushing that morning. If you're heading off to work, you've already got it. You just pick up your lunch bail and you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Creating the space to have it fit into your life is very huge because the surgery is just a tool, a tool to use to help you lose weight and become healthy. Right. And I think that's what's kind of interesting because we took the trip to the Valley with, you know, you and mm-hmm. uh, Kathy G. Kathy, uh, yes. So for our audience listening, hopefully we'll get Kathy G in the next week or two. I forgot she was on vacation. She's up skiing and doing stuff like that. But it was interesting because even... In going, you know, because we do VRBOs, and one of the things that's really great about that is we all take our foods. Yes. Those much more healthy foods, and you start to think and process different. You know, I know we have, you know, and just getting rid of a lot of the preservatives, a lot of the sugars, a lot Uh of the salts. Being proactive, I feel like, is a huge piece of that, you know, thinking ahead about what you're making that plan. So, you know, making those conscious decisions, right? Absolutely. You have the surgery. How far out are you on your surgery? Let's three years. Okay. Okay. 
It's hard to believe. Wow, yeah. Seriously. I know. Because I'm telling you people, she looks fabulous. <laughs> just absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Well, and it's really interesting because, you know, for people, we've had a friendship for many, 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 many years. Yes. And now our even our friendship morphs with how we are in our health because now it's about we go on a vacation and it's about having time to go hiking, doing more outdoor yes. stuff. Those things that are just really a little bit different than it would have been, say, in the past. Yeah, definitely. And I really enjoyed it. I love that trip out to the valley with you guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And and one of the things I've you learn during this process is that protein is your main goal in eating. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you know, each doctor tells you you have to have so many grams of protein a day, and then you start looking at, you know, after you've had your protein, you eat some vegetables and you forget about what I call my filler food, which are like potatoes. And I cannot eat rice after the surgery and I cannot eat pasta, regular pasta. I can do garbanzo bean pasta, which has protein in it, but I cannot do regular pasta because it's all about things will you know, I have my stomach now is like the shape of a banana. There's only so much that you can put in mm-hmm. at a meal. Right. Okay. Now, could a person after the surgery just go hog wild and eat too much and stretch their stomach? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it is truly a commitment to yourself and your health and your mental well-being to stay within the parameters of your tool. Well, and I think that's what's interesting, you know, because I've, have had that in the past, you know, when working with clients and stuff, the ones who mm-hmm. don't stick to it. And then it's really that thing of beating themselves up because it's like, oh, oh my God, yeah. I got to go back to square one and start this all over again. And exactly. It's, and it's, it's such a mental drain on people. Yeah. So what happens, we'll call it a cheat moment how do you get over, do you beat yourself up or do you just simply say, this is my moment and, and move on? I say, this is my moment and move on. And even if I do a cheat, I'm going to cut it in half, whatever it is, because mm-hmm. maybe I'll split it with my husband or something. But there's only, you know, I can only have so much sugar mm-hmm. and then my stomach rebels. <laughs> mm. Okay. And unfortunately, the digestive system does not like it. <laughs> one way or the other it's not happy <laughs> well think so, about think about that though when you said sugar how many people don't realize the damage that sugar does to them right? it's a refined process to make sugar and you know even the natural sugar you know the non-processed sugar you know is not the best for you because it creates such a huge uptick in your sugar and then once you get up there it drops mm-hmm. right. and that can create depression also yeah because we kind of talked about that that you know sometimes we forget the stuff that we put in our body can not just affect our the physical piece of us but but how much it can impact our mental piece definitely you know and that is so true Mm-hmm. So for you, what do you feel was the most difficult piece of this journey? I think having my husband be comfortable with the surgery. He's, he wanted to make sure it was safe and I wasn't going to 
hurt myself or have complications during or after surgery. And so he has been a partner with me throughout this process. He went to the doctor, every doctor's appointment with me. He went to the nutrition classes with me. Awesome. And so we've both worked on changing how we eat. And I'm happy to say he's lost about 60, 65 pounds since my surgery. And he looks fabulous. Yeah, it was funny. We were getting ready for him to, you know, to go on a work trip and his dress clothes, his office clothes didn't fit. And that was a huge moment for him realizing, wow, I've lost like three or four sizes. We had to go buy him some new clothes, which was really fun because he got to do that with me a couple of years ago. Absolutely. And, you know, you and I talked about the fact that your feet shrink. Your feet. You lose weight and you lose a shoe size. Isn't it fascinating? Because I think that we will sit there and think, you know, like if you wear a wedding ring or any kind of ring and if you lose weight, you know, your ring starts off, you have to get it resized. But we never stop to think about our feet, that we carry weight on our feet, too. Yeah. You know, and how that's kind of a, whoa, one of those aha moments, like, who, seriously, who knew? I know. It's like six months after I'd had the surgery and was really, you know, losing weight and stuff, I walked out of my shoes, literally. And I'm looking back going, oh, wow. That was weird. Yeah. You know, I think that's what people don't understand is in this process, it's not about just losing, you know, weight off your butt or your arms or your stomach. It's, it's, we we lose weight. Yes. It's all over. Yeah. I have a beautiful necklace of my mom gave to me after, you know, left to me after she passed and it had always been too tight. And then about a year and a half after the surgery, after I'd lost most of my, almost all of my weight. I put it on and I can wear it now, which is such a nice feeling. I feel more connected to her. She's passed a long time ago, but it was nice, you know, to wear it to a dress up dinner and feel really connected to her. Oh, how amazing. That is fascinating. And it's just, it's just, those are the other things I think we don't realize is even like things like wearing a necklace. There's Mm -hmm. all of these little pieces and, you know, real quickly, how much weight have you lost? 120 pounds. Wow, wow. That's great. It's a whole nother person. Right. <laughs> you know, when you think, and you know, I think that people don't understand that is when you think about it and people sometimes can look at people and say, well, you're not really that heavy, but it, you know, it's how one carries weight. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff that goes into that. So it really is a difference how to manage that. You know what I mean? Or, or manage even in your head because other people may be saying to you, oh, you don't look that heavy or whatever, and but your body feels sluggish. So trying to yeah. make those things match up a little bit better. I think that's one of the biggest things is that sluggish feeling. And it is a commitment to yourself. Yes. To do it for you, not for anybody else, but just for you. Exactly. And let me ask you this, because, you know, we talked a little bit about this on our last podcast about... Mm-hmm. Kind of sometimes how having those other people in your life to to kind of help along on this journey. What was that like for you? Do you feel like you guys were very supportive? And I was fortunate that we have another friend, Kathy Weber, who had had the surgery a year before me, 
who actually helped me find my surgeon. And it was nice to have, we like shared a personal trainer for a while. Mm-hmm. And we tried to do our water aerobics together. And that extra support of somebody who had been through the surgery, who was going through the same process, that support was very important. And in fact, even now, I get my bariatric newsletter once a month, and I have access to going online and doing a Zoom meeting, a sports meeting with my doctor's office up in Denver twice a month if I want to. And I think that's what's really important. I think oftentimes, you know, whenever we're on these journeys, when we're, we have that opportunity to have people involved, spouses, family, friends, and all uh-huh. of those things, because I think sometimes, too, it's hard because... And let me ask you this, because, you know, in the past, I've, I've worked with clients when they've had the gastric sleeve and that, and mm-hmm. sometimes trying to identify with that new person. Yes. And it is. It's standing in front of the mirror and going, who am I? What do I want in my life now? What do I want that next chapter to look like? And it's realizing that, that with the weight loss and stuff, you're still the same person that you have the opportunity to create with a paintbrush a new chapter in your life, a healthier chapter, a more active chapter. And I think that's it. The active, the energy level changes. Definitely. You know, and those kind of things. But I think sometimes too, that people, when they look at themselves and it's like, you know, because other people start. And let me ask you if you, let me ask you this, if you found this, that as you've lost weight, that people actually look and engage with you different. Yes, very much so, especially when I go into a clothing store. When I was much heavier, I would go in and people would ignore me and not ask me if I needed help finding a size or trying on anything. And now I walk into Victoria's Secret and they're like, oh, can we, you know, help you find your size? Can we measure you? You know, all of this, it's very different. I'm sure. And taking all that into consideration, I, you know, I think about that's just a salesperson. So imagine, I try to imagine the people that are even closer in our lives, like when you have something like that done, it's pretty cool that like for you and your husband, he was really supportive of that and that, but I would imagine there are those people out there that go and have the surgery and then maybe the other person starts to feel a little insecure because, you know, whatever's going on with you, they've never encountered it before and they don't know how to manage this. (laughs) Exactly. It can be very hard. I also work with people who have bariatric surgery, different, you know, all kinds, both pre and post, but it is very interesting to see how that change affects their whole family system. Not only their immediate family of maybe husband and kids or whatever, but also, you know, their parents, other people outside, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, and even their friends. Right. And it is a change. And I know a lot of my people that I've worked with have really said, you know what, once I had the surgery and lost my weight, I really figured out who my friends were and who were kind of false acquaintances. I bet. It not it funny that in our society that so much of weight is tied into how we treat and mistreat people or the perceptions we have about people who are heavier that, you know, somehow they're less than or, or whatever that is, you know, that whole idea that we exactly. created. And then we wonder why people have such hard times with mental health. Exactly. With self-esteem, wanting to leave their home sometimes. 
you know, you've, you've seen, you know, different television shows on how people who get very, very heavy don't even want to leave their homes because of the discrimination and that they face once they walk out the door. And I think it is true. And I think that it's interesting when particularly, you know, when we're talking with people about when they're, you know, when they're getting ready to have these conversations with doctors about getting the, either the gastric sleeve or the gastric bypass or whatever they're getting done. Uh, I have a client who's getting ready to have hers done here in February and had another one who just, who had hers done a year ago. And And even talking with them about what that whole process was and, and seeing themselves, but how other people perceive them now, and how do they mesh that together? Exactly. And growing up, I was much smaller through high school and everything. And I actually, last fall, went back for my 40-year class reunion. And I had several people t- look at me and say, you are the one person who has changed the least. No. Yeah. How interesting, huh? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And it was so funny. Because, I mean, you know, we've all aged, <laughs> but it was like, wow. Well, I guess it's kind of interesting. You know, I think, you know, going back to class reunions would do that because it's all the stuff in between that they don't see, the journeys that exactly. were on, all of those things. And then, you you know, you walked back in looking fabulous. So, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. And then I do have my close friends that I do keep more in contact with that have been also supportive throughout my journey. They've known what I've been doing. And, you know, we may not live in the same small town anymore, but, you know, through Facebook and text messages and stuff, they have been very supportive through this process also. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I guess that's kind of what the thing is. So let me ask you this. Now that you've been on this journey, what other goals do you set? How do you set those goals? What does it become? You know, because oftentimes with the surgery, it's just the goal of the surgery. You know, and then right. it's finding that weight that you, you know, that whatever that weight is that you want to lose. Feels comfortable for you. Yeah. But then after that, what becomes that motivation? How does that uh, goal setting change? Well, it becomes maintenance. And, you know, you still, you know, you may be able to have a cheat day once a week where you do something and I'm not talking about go off the rails the whole day, (laughs) but you know, maybe have four or five bites of a dessert Mm -hmm. while you still had a healthy meal. Right. And it's all about portion control and keeping watch on how much, you know, you eat. And it, for me, it's becoming more of a goal setting about, you know, going on hikes, increasing, you know, I've been able to do a six and a half mile hike, which I never in my life thought I would. (laughs) Nice. You know, and it's been, and through the process, it's also been when you've rewarded rewarded yourself for things, when you've accomplished a goal, to do that without food. Right. Oh, very true. You know, to go get your mani-pedi, to like go for a hike, to spend time with friends. Maybe an outfit you've been looking at. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, things like that to reward yourself without food. And we're so excited because we do have a trip planned with you and uh, Kathy G to go to Antelope Canyon, which is one of those places where we're going to get a lot of walking and hiking in and just, uh, and it's so cool to be able to, to set those things up because they're just such different vacations. It's not the vacation you always want to take. Is you know, you were at the beach mm-hmm. uh, not that long ago as well. Right. 
because you know we have a love of that beach <laughs> oh gotta get some beach time yeah but even with that beach time i still walk mm -hmm. right it was walking next to the ocean feeling the sand between your toes and feeling the sun on you but it is it, the goal setting is differently like now i'm starting to train a little more for to get ready for antelope trip nice. down to arizona yeah. and doing a little bit more, you know, a little more core work, a little more, you know, pushing yourself to go a little bit farther on the walks and things like that. Well, do you think too, like setting those kind of things up, you know, in the future that that becomes that thing that you can set as a, a goal, like it, because it has a time on it. You oh, know definitely. I mean? Because it keeps you accountable. Right. Exactly. It inspires you. Know? you. Yeah. And you set your goal, you make your plan and you do your thing. <laughs> exactly. I know one of the things that I noticed, like, just because we had started using, like, the hand grips to strengthen the hand muscles and stuff like that. And I mm -hmm. that was so rewarding to me when we went on a hike and just being able to use my upper body in a way I hadn't before. I mean, it was, like I say, that was rewarding to get there and realize that I had made that kind of difference in what Definitely. I was doing. Well, I, yeah, I think that is interesting. I think you don't realize it till you challenge it because when we were at Lake Havasu and for some of that, you really had to use more of your upper body. Well, for me, because of my okay. length, for me, it was upper body. I could put my hands up and I could pull myself up. And that was, I was there like, whoa. Yeah. It was kind of exactly uh, this eye-opening thing of, oh my God, that is paying off yeah. kind of thing. And it is if it's those little things that you don't think about until you challenge yourself to go do them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you work it and you work it and you think, okay, what is the payoff to this? But I think oftentimes it is having those little moments and, you know, even going up to Los Ventanas, mm -hmm. it's not far, but it's very steep up there. Yes. You know, so... Hence why you didn't get to because the asthma is not going to go up that way. <laughs> but I think, right. but once again, it's those things and, and how fast you just went up and down. And for Christy, you know, it's for people who don't know her to come from such a non-athletic background with no working out. Of any kind. Hiking. <laughs> all oh, that. girl, I feel you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like I said in the last episode we were I was telling Sharon that like I didn't even have gym in high school I was excused from that because of religious reasons so mm -hmm. I mean there wasn't even that yeah I understand I mean I had gym in high school but you know I didn't play a sport I loved to swim and so did that in the summers but in the winter my little town I grew up in did not have an indoor pool. <laughs> right. My activity was roller skating, which I totally enjoyed. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So we did go get her her own skates made. Yes. Uh, awesome. We did. And now I just need a, a space to practice. <laughs> and this is, you know, one of the things we encourage people. It doesn't matter what it is, what your passion is. So long as it's getting you out, it's movement. You know, whether it exactly. is skateboarding or rollerblading or hiking, skiing, it doesn't matter. And I feel like that's a great way to create a healthy habit. Start doing something you really enjoyed to start with and just make more time for it. Exactly. Yeah. Do, do and you, that is so true. So a question for both of you. Did you find that when you first started this with hiking and that, was it something 
that was instantly enjoyable for you? Or do you find that over time it's taken on a different meaning because of the stamina that you have now and all of that? For me, I feel like that we that I liked hiking to start with. But yeah, those little goals that you make, it really does make you feel it's empowering. Like I said about having the upper body strength and the way I had never had it before. Yeah, then you Mm -hmm. feel like challenging yourself even more. And I totally agree with you. You know, first I started out with just walking around the park a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to go up to a mile. When you hit a mile, you go another mile. And it's just, it is those little baby steps that are those smaller goals that you can achieve that bring you up to a bigger goal. Yes. And then once you achieve the bigger goal, it's like looking back and going, oh, wow, I never thought I could do that. Right. I know for me, you know, because I did grow up, I grew up very active. I grew up on a farm ranch. So always physically, always physically doing something, you know, and then I had a lull in my life where it wasn't so much physical activity. And, and, you know, to try to get back into that swing of things and find that passion for it again, you know, but I think when you are able to, when you have somebody who wants to do it with you, I think that really helps that. And I tell people, go, it it doesn't have to be your spouse, find a friend, whatever it is. Mm -hmm to just really continue on that journey of doing those things of once again, movement. It's all about movement. It is. It is about movement. And I had another friend who had the surgery and she was, I grew up with her and she had always loved to dance. And so she treated herself to dance classes and she would take a different dance class once she hit a goal. First, she did like ballet and then she did like tap dance and et cetera. But each time she would reach a goal, she would reward herself with a new class to learn something new. Right. I like that. What what was yours? For me, I am a clothes horse. I will admit that. And so I donated so many bags of clothes away that didn't fit anymore. So for me, it was going and being able to shop and buy some fun stuff, stuff that I couldn't, you know, wear before. And so, and then it was buying athletic wear, you know, the kind of some of the fun Under Armour or Nike stuff that I hadn't been able to wear since high school. Right. And I feel like that getting rid of the clothes that you couldn't wear anymore, that was a really big thing for me as well. Yeah, we got to get rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah, it made a a huge difference in my mind just knowing there was no intention of going back to those sizes. There's no reason to have them here. (laughs) Exactly. I did keep my largest pair of jeans. Oh, just kind of as a reminder. As a reminder. And have really enjoyed seeing the progress. And I can put both legs in one leg of the jeans now. Awesome. You know, the other thing, you know, when you brought up clothes, I think this is the other thing too, is that, and we've talked about this, if you're in the bigger sizes, how unattractive uh-huh. they make the clothing. Yeah, some of the styles are not as Definitely. And exactly. So not only do you know you have this weight on, but you can't even go oftentimes and find clothes that might make you feel better so therefore i think even knowing that plays on and we're going to talk about women but i imagine you know i don't know we're talking about women on women's minds you know what i mean that 
how can I feel good about myself when, you know, I got these really weird designs across the front of me? <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. And I've noticed even for my husband with losing the weight, it's been fun for him to go into a clothing store and be able to buy off the rack in a store without having to order a special size. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, we don't. That I imagine it's with both, you know, I mean, we just don't know that as well. Right. But I think that once again, there's things that can be done differently. And I think even, you know, when you find, even if you're at a heavier weight, but you find that one pair of jeans that looks stylish. That you feel good in. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, know, you get all excited. I'll have 10 yeah. of those, please. <laughs> in all colors. Right. Yeah. You know, I need one of each. Well, you know, because you, you do, it kind of becomes that excitement. And, you know, what we want for people listening to this today, men and women, but we're talking about just from the female perspective. But once again, men, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. It's every single human being. Exactly. To be able to look in the mirror and feel good about who they are. And that's not exactly. to say, and I want to make this clear, that's not to say that being heavier is not good because you can be heavier and you can be healthier. And you can be very active and yes. be heavier. Yes, so that's are, not what it's about. Right. It is healthy. Mm -hmm. It's that healthy lifestyle. It's, you know, feeling good in your own skin. Yeah. Exactly. And whatever that place is. But one of the things is, is I think because clothing doesn't match with that. So a lot of times, even if you are a person who is healthy in your body, wanting that to be reflected in the way in which we dress or whatever that is. I think sometimes there is a disconnect there. Exactly. You know, and sometimes looking in the mirror, you can't kind of grasp, you know, you get a little bit of the body dysmorphia. Yes. Both when you're heavier and after you have lost a lot of weight and it's, you know, coming to realize that, that, yeah, this is me. Exactly. And once again, so this isn't at all about saying, being thin, no. being skinny is it. This is about, for you, this was your healthy choice. This was your healthy decision. Exactly. Because, not because of the weight. And this is the other thing that I think is really important. For you, it wasn't the weight itself. That was a piece of it. But it was what the weight yes. was causing for exactly. your actual health. Yes. You know, and that is exactly correct. And wanting to make sure that when if people listen to this, not that in no way, shape or form are we saying that if you're heavier, you cannot be healthy and you're not making healthy choices. And you absolutely can. I have friends that are very tall who are very muscular and bigger girls or women mm -hmm. and very active, you know, playing basketball, playing volleyball, you know, doing those things. And it is all about healthy. The number on the scale doesn't matter if you're healthy. Exactly. And I think that's the other thing that we talk a lot about. Well, I know one of the things that when I started this whole journey of, you know, deciding I wanted to be healthier was I started looking at some articles and I, you know, I was even sharing them on social media that how many women I saw on there that had done muscle development and their scale uh -huh. weight had not changed at all, but looked like completely different bodies. Oh I my mean, goodness. exactly. It, it was amazing to see that. That was a real eye opener. I posted like, I don't know, a few articles like that to share with friends because it uh -huh. really was an eye opener. Because we do, we look at the scale and we think somebody weighs 160 pounds 
if you're a female or 170, 80, whatever it is, that somehow you're going to, you're fat, you know, or yeah. you're overweight. And then you look at their bodies and it's like, holy Hannah, they look good. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you can show the and you did it in, in those articles. What was really cool is you had a before and an after picture of them. Yes. And yes. they same weight, but totally different. Totally people. different. Totally body. different. Right. Exactly. And I think that's kind of the thing. And there's a starting point for everybody. You know. Yes. And I think that's the thing to remember. There's a starting point for everybody. And with and it depends. Not everybody will qualify for say the gastric sleeve. Exactly. You know, and that's okay. It's making that commitment to yourself to live a healthier lifestyle. And I think that's the main thing. And and I hope that the audience really is listening. It's choosing those things for a healthier lifestyle for you. And for each person, it's such a more personal thing. Even though you're going to use stuff from other people, it's a personal journey. And it certainly is. You know, how do you make that? How do you take the first step? And it's, it's connecting with your, yourself, looking at your health, what you want to do, and what you want your next chapter in life to look like. And, you know, one of the things is, is that, because when we talked on our last episode, trying to help people understand that it can even be body, mind, spiritual thing that we do. That's part of meditation. You know, it's that. Yeah. And, you know, that thing of bringing stuff into our awareness, doing stuff with intention, all of those things that it's an interconnectedness that we have. But oftentimes I think where people are not successful is because they're trying to do one thing. You know, we talked about even the importance of food, like you talked about, mm-hmm. but we don't, we don't see that the food is as much as important as the workout and the workout complements the food and then sitting and meditating, quieting the mind, you know, so that you can quiet the mind and do those things so that we're not overeating or emotional eating or doing all of those other kind of things. I think that you really have to learn to have patience with yourself. That's a huge piece. I tell my clients that I work with is it's having grace for yourself. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's one of the neat things. And I, and I, you know, I'm so grateful Heather that we get to be along with you on this journey because we see your commitment to it and just, how much it has helped you. We're happy to see a, a happier, healthier you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I feel much better. And I appreciate you, both of your support through this journey. And as I continue on. Yeah. Yes. It's one of those things. And, you know, I'm so grateful that you took the time to join us today. Cause you know, I think that people who are trying to make that decision about the gastric sleeve and stuff, you know, maybe this will help them to see that yes, it is a process and help those that think it's an easy way out, helping them to understand that it's not, it's a process, you know, it is a process and it's a commitment as as you've said. Yes. And it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. Diet is a bad four letter word. Right. Mm -hmm. It is a lifestyle change. Yeah. Once again, just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And if there were any words you wanted to leave people with, about your journey and stuff, what would you say to them? I would say start out with baby steps. Don't think you have to do it in a month. It is a process. Right. It's a process that never ends, right? I mean, because I think about that being healthy is something I hope we do our lifetime. Well, yeah. Exactly. And that's why I call it a lifestyle change. Yes. Exactly. It's a constant practice that you do. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a good way of putting it. It is a practice that we do and and also having grace for oneself to 
know that, uh-huh. you know, if we stumble and we fall or we have that day that we just pick ourselves up and say, oh, well, okay. Keep moving forward. You know, because having <laughs> guilt about all that stuff does absolutely nothing for you. Right. You know. Exactly. So, so once again, Heather, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, and... Thank you guys for asking me to be on here. It's been fun. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're going to continue to, we're waiting for spring and summer. So we can get out there and do uh, more hikings and maybe hikes, get out on the weekend and do some fun stuff and and really explore nature. Because I know it's something that's really something that you like and it's definitely something that we like. So we look Uh, forward to that. Sounds good to me, lady. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you to our audience. Once again, we hope that you have a really happy, healthy week and be kind to one another. And we will be back next week again. Catch you the next time. Bye. Bye.